Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, another episode of Real Parables. Um, you know, we've talked about this in the past, that oftentimes Hollywood gets kind of a, a bad rap when it comes to how it intersects with Christianity and faith. But there are a lot of uh, deep theological uh, illustrations that can be taken from many of the biggest movies that are out there. And that's what we've been talking about over the past several weeks. We've looked at some big movies, big uh, Hollywood blockbuster kind of movies, and tried to find um, some illustrations, some modern-day parables of how we should live our lives. You know, so it's the goal of this podcast uh, to look at relatively family-friendly movies with the goal of finding spiritual elements. Uh, in other words, we'll use these popular movies as modern-day parables to communicate timeless truths from God um, about faith and what it means to be a follower of Christ. So with that idea, that uh, overall mission in mind, uh, today we're looking at one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I have probably seen this movie more than any other movie in the history of all my movie watching. It's pretty impressive. Uh, and I've watched a lot of movies, and I watch a lot of movies repeatedly. But, you know, growing up, you know, we lived in the mountains, and we had uh, no TV service because my dad didn't believe in paying for cable or satellite. So it was whatever you could find on the antenna. And uh, in the mountains, there wasn't a whole lot. So uh, we had a drawer of movies. Uh, there was probably 12 of them in there, and most of those were Disney movies. I think there were three uh, movies that weren't Disney. There was a movie with Mel Gibson called Maverick. Oh, yeah. That was a great movie, one we could probably do in this I setting. I have seen that one. It's a great movie. Uh, there was The Goonies, which was technically a kid's movie, but you know, it's for adults, too, yeah. and grown up, more grown-up kids. Uh, one of my other all-time favorite movies. And there was Forrest <laughs> Gump. Uh, I actually, just a little bit of trivia, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Bubba Gump Restaurant. Yep. Um, but if you go to Bubba Gump Restaurant, Great they restaurant. will give you quizzes on different plot points in Forrest Gump. And now this is 20-something years ago, so I probably have forgotten some <laughs> since then. Um, but they will give you quizzes. And I got every single one of them right and had a free meal. Ooh. And it was an expensive meal, too. But I think I got, they asked me 23 questions throughout the day, and I got them all right. I actually got my, if you go to Monterey, California, to the Bubba Gump restaurant, at least a few years ago, mm -hmm. my picture was still on the wall for <laughs> answering all the questions correctly. I got a free meal, a Bubba Gump hat, which I had for many years but have lost through moves, uh, and a Bubba Gump shirt, which no longer fits, so I gave it away. <laughs> uh, because I ate too many times at Bubba Gump. They still do that? I don't know if they still do. I okay. haven't been there in years. The food's not very good. I mean, I really wanted the food to be better, and I think it was when it first opened, but, you know, kind of like TGI Fridays. Yeah. TGI Fridays food used to be really good. It was the first, or one of the first restaurants I went to after I turned 21 yeah. and they had like a big fancy like bar menu so that's why yeah. I went yeah and it was, they had some good drinks but yeah 
Yeah, the food used to be good, and now it's just kind of... <laughs> it looks interesting on the menu, Yeah, but that's about it. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Forrest Gump follows the, the life of a man who goes by the title of the, the film's name. Uh, Gump faces a, a lot of uh, tribulations throughout his life, but he uh, never really lets any of those interfere with his happiness. Uh, you know, as a kid, we see him wearing these braces on his legs. Uh, he also struggled with having a below average IQ, and uh, at one point he was even shot. But Gump continues to believe that good things will happen and, uh, and goes after his dreams. You know, he really chases after what he wants out of life. So um, we see him, uh, you know, throughout these points of his life where he's, you know, there's uh, these instances like where he gets the braces off of his uh, legs. And yeah, it was horrible when he had to wear the braces and, kid, or, and kids made fun of those braces that were on his legs. But he discovers that because of those, he has this, the capability to run faster than most other people. Uh, this skill allows Forrest to not only escape those bullies as uh, a kid in elementary school, but he was able to also escape those bullies who were chasing him with a truck yes. down a dirt road. And he was able to jump over these fences. And, you know, it was pretty awesome. And even that even paid off, you know, later on. He got a... Uh, scholarship to college to play football, uh, and later on when he goes to Vietnam, he's able to um, rescue all kinds of soldiers that are out in the battlefield, and uh, while Gump eventually achieves the majority of the things that he had hoped to do throughout the movie, uh, it provided uh, a much more difficult when you look at the, the heart of his best friend, Jenny. Uh, Ginny was a, a childhood friend, you know, and this, this film focuses mostly on Forrest, but you get to kind of see this other character go through some pretty awful times. You know, during each period of his lifetime, he thinks back about Ginny and how she, important she is to him. And although the, the two characters grew up together and they shared a very close friendship, uh, as the, the movie progresses, you know, they kind of grow apart. And this really bothers, you know, Forrest. Uh, he cares for her immensely. And, you know, she had a pretty rough start in life. And it seems uh, that the two always kind of end up back together, uh, often in some kind of extraordinary way. You know, like they meet up in the reflection pond in D.C. during a big protest. Uh, and even though Gump, you know, is the main character, like I said, it, it similarly tells the the hardship story of Jenny and all the things she faces. Uh, now this movie uh, has some incredibly thought-provoking scriptural themes. Uh, you know, the film teaches us lessons that you know, we kind of intuitively know, uh, but there are things that we often lose sight of and, and honestly still struggle to, to fully grasp and uh, live. So I would like to, to, for us to talk about some of these key ideas today. Um, uh, the challenge, 
these ideas kind of challenge me and they convict me as a follower of Christ. Uh, you guys have one you want to start with? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was Forrest's o- obedience to people he looked up to, pe- people of importance mm-hmm. that were big figures and he just listens to them obediently. The, the phrase, run, Forrest, run, is a, is a big one that goes throughout the movie. Uh, different people tell it to him, but he, he listens, he's obedient, and he takes off running. And he doesn't know where he's going to go, which goes in with the other line that has said a lot is, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I think the same thing applies to our lives and our obedience to God. Because I think God often tells us to do things um, either verbally or a voice in your head or an instinct and I think it's it's easy to just try to try to ignore that voice in your head mm-hmm. but great things come to your life when you listen to that voice mm-hmm. like Forrest every every time he listens he he gets away from the bullies run Forrest run he goes on this amazing journey across America back yeah. and forth um, which that wasn't even what he was Told, or was it just I just a, kept on yeah, running. He yeah. just felt like running. And, uh, I got to the edge of the county, and I wasn't tired yet, so I kept on running. Or there's in Vietnam, they tell him to run, and so he runs out, sees he's okay. He, he thinks, where's everybody else at? Yeah, where's everyone else at? i got to go help them run, too. So he goes and <laughs> saves everybody's life, wins the Medal of Honor. Yeah. And I, there's just all these things that happen to Forrest because of... <laughs> his obedience and his willingness to listen yeah. um, and follow direction. And I, th- I, I, something that I aspire to be <laughs> is just in the same way to God is I want to be obedient to God. I want to hear what he has to say and just do it. Not, not caring about <laughs> what's going to happen because life's like a box of chocolates. I don't know what I'm going to get, but God knows what I'm going to get. So <laughs> I'm going with him. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that kind of stood out I'm going to probably have more to say about this movie than these two because... Yeah, you know, it, I expect that. But uh, yeah. just as a warning. So um, early in the movie, Forrest recalls his first day of school. You remember that, that scene you know, where he's thinking yeah, about that yeah. first day of school? You know, he says, you know, it's funny when, uh, how you remember some things, but some things you can't. I remember the bus ride on the first day of school very well. And it shifts back to, you know, this scene where he's you know, has these bulky leg braces, and he's kind of this goofy-looking kid, and he kind of waddles up to the school bus, and the bus door opens to reveal this bus driver, you know, she's the the typical, like, 1950s bus driver with the big old cigarette hanging out. And she says, are you coming on? And Forrest replies, Mama said not to take rides from strangers. (laughs) And, you know, she could tell she's looking at him like, what are you talking about, boy? She says, this is the bus to school. And Forrest, you know, hits it. There's a solution. Well, I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. And uh, the bus driver, you know, kind of softens her tone a little bit and says to herself, well, I'm Dorothy Harris. And so Forrest, in this very simple way, says, well, now we aren't strangers anymore. And he gets on board. But then it kind of takes this little bit darker turn, right? Because you see you know, the meanness of kids, right? Yeah. You know, he's walking down the aisle and he has all these strange kids and they say, 
seats taken. Taken. Can't sit here. And, you know, you see that, that adult forest, you know, think back to that day. And there's still, you know, all those years later, you know, he's probably 40 at this point in his life. And you can still see that there's pain in his face as to how, because of how he was treated by those kids on the bus. But then there's this other character. And this is where we first meet Jenny. And there's this other character, which is, is kindness, and she's accepting. And, you know, it built, bubbled up. You know, in, in the midst of all this rejection, you have this sweet, kind voice that says, uh, you know, you can sit with me if you want. And, you know, he says that that was the first time that he heard anything so beautiful in his life. It was like the voice of an angel. And at first, you know, I had assumed it was because it was a sweet girl's voice, right? You know, that's what I had assumed. But really what I think he was talking about is he had been treated with kindness in the midst of all this horribleness. And, I mean, how many times has that been true in our lives where, you know, we have all these people who just treat us like garbage. I mean, absolute, total garbage. Yeah. And you have that one person. You could have, because of those people, they tear us down. They make us feel horrible about ourselves like we're not good enough, but then you have that one person who can change it all, you know? I mean, he was looking forward to a pretty miserable day until that sweet voice of an angel spoke out and said, you can sit here if you want. You know, and it wasn't because she was the cutest kid. It wasn't because she had the sweetest voice. I mean, her voice was kind of funny, you know? <laughs> but, you know, here she was offering friendship. And that is so important. I love that, uh, that part of the story, that kindness is so very important in life. You know, and, and as Christians, you know, you know, we're told by Paul that that is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that it needs to be part of who we are. So when we are out and, and amongst people, whether it's at, you know, we're not amongst a whole lot of people these days, but, yeah. you know, whenever we get the opportunity, you know, maybe it's even just on Facebook, you know, if when you see somebody that's kind of getting, maybe somebody posted something and they're getting kind of picked on or bullied or teased, you know, maybe we need to be the voice that says something publicly, you know, that's a, a word of kindness to them. But also maybe send them a direct message and say, you know, I, I feel like you're getting kind of beat up over this. I'm sorry about that, you know. Let me, I just want to let you know that, you know, I care about you and I don't think bad about whatever's going on. Um, that's one for me. I, I've got a whole bunch of others, but well, I think in kind of rolling off that one is when he meets when he meets Bubba on the on the bus to mm -hmm. the army. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of that same situation. He's like, yeah. he gets on the bus, he's like, oh, I'm Forrest, and the guy's like, <laughs> I don't care what your name is. You know, just like yeah. yelling at him, and like gets on the bus, and he's like, you know, here we go again. You know, <laughs> and yeah. you know, here Kenny here's. Buses aren't Aren't good friends. No. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and here he meets here he meets Bubba. We had that bus that bus stop forever. I mean, that box of chocolates. You know, he was there forever. Yeah, he didn't want to get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just, you know, it's like I just, you know, he keeps meeting people in his life that are. I mean, some people are incredibly kind, especially in the beginning, like Jenny and Bubba, and, and you have other people in his life that, you know, turn off to be kind of jerks in the beginning, but there's like a lot of redemptive qualities there too. It's really, mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I think kindness really stands out when you, when you have a really terrible day, full of a lot of <laughs> people treating you crummy. The, the like one kind act can make your whole day worth it. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. That one kind act can yeah. make you forget about all the horribleness. It, it reminds me of this one time, my car died in the middle of a busy intersection at five o'clock, and super backed up traffic all honking at me, flipping me off as they're going around me. And I'm <laughs> I'm stuck in the middle of the intersection, hood open, trying to change fuses on my car. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is the worst day. And then two strangers pull over and help me push my car into a Denny's parking lot. And I'm like, not a bad day. Met some pretty cool people. And I, I think it's cool how... I, when I look back on that day now, I don't think about all the all the people that were mean to me. I think about how kind the people were that helped me out. Yeah. 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 I think a lot about one thing in this movie that really stuck out to me was this idea of you know this relationship with with Jenny and and Forrest and how he you know through everything through all the times that you know Jenny ran off or Jenny went off and did drugs or you know, or just left him there, um, that he kept loving her. He kept thinking about her. He kept, you know, hoping she was okay. And I kind of tie that to the thought of two different things. One is like the prodigal son kind of thing, where, you know, where she just kind of leaves. And like, Forrest never stops caring about her or loving her or, you know, even sometimes trying to find her. And I think that we, we can, and, you know, and you see her coming back and then, you know, messing up again and leaving and then coming back and messing up again. And, and then at the very end, you know, she, she realizes, like, this is where I need to be, you know, and, and she ends up marrying Forrest. And it's like this really beautiful picture of, I think, of God's love for us that he never stops pursuing us. He never stops caring about us. I mean, it made me think of, you know, Romans 8, you know, 38, where it says, I'm convinced that, you know, neither death nor life or angels or demons or the, power, the present or the future nor any powers, height nor depth, or anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. It's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think, I think the, the love that Forrest has for Jenny is a really good example of God's love for us. That it's as complicated as we try to make it, for him, it's just, I love you. Like, there's not, like, it's not, he doesn't make it complex, you know. I think the simplicity of, of you know, Forrest's, you know, thought process, because he's a little bit on the, you know, slower side, we really get to see the simplicity of the beauty of love that he has. Yeah, he says, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Yeah, yeah I love that line. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. I mean, just wow. Shows a lot about who we are in that process. It reminds <laughs> yeah. me of that story of uh, uh, Hosea and uh, Gomer. Oh, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that too. Yeah, you know, <laughs> where, you know, Hosea just, he loves his wife. And even though she kept, keeps running off time and time again, living a life of sin and prostitution and all kinds of ugliness, every time she's ready to come back, you know, he accepts her lovingly and openly. 
you know, and it's uh, the whole, you know, his whole life is, a, you know, a metaphor for how we treat God and how he keeps welcoming us, welcoming us back when we're ready. Yeah. And that's a very important, you know, thing to keep in mind. Well, I think even, like, at the end where, you know, even when Jenny's dead, like, he goes and has the house that she grew up in demolished. Mm-hmm. Like, just saying, like, I know this hurt you. I'm going to, I want to remove this from your life. Well, there's that scene, um, you know, that, you know, Forrest and Jenny, they're walking down that, that gravel road, and they yeah. have these big shade trees, and it seems like it's, they're having this nice moment, and, you know, Jenny's carrying her sandals, and it's just kind of a kickback day, and, you know, I'm sure in that moment, he thinks that this is just a nice day with my friend, and then, you know, what seems to be pleasant, you know, turns bad pretty quickly. They come to this, that dilapidated old abandoned uh, house out in the middle of the field. Uh, you know, the side of this place is just horrifying to Jenny. And in, it's her childhood home. It's the place where Jenny had been physically and what they hint at is being sexually abused yeah. by her, uh, her alcoholic father. And Forrest sees the, the pain that's in Jenny's face as she walks ahead of him towards this abandoned house. And he doesn't, I don't think he had it in his capacity to fully understand what's happening right now. But then she starts throwing her shoes at the house. And uh, when she throws both the shoes and she starts picking up rocks and throwing the rocks at the house. And all the, the years of that pent up pain and anger and heartache or just unleash uh, and then when there's le- nothing left to throw you know she falls on the ground and starts crying and Forrest you know just being you know somebody who loves her you know sits down uh, next to her uh, in that muddy driveway and says sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks yeah. you know and uh, well, you know there is a lot of pain and awful things that happen in life, and, uh, and there's a lot of temptations that happen every day, and on our own, we don't have enough rocks. We don't yeah. have what it takes to live the kind of life that we're called to, to live, at least not on the level that, you know, we could earn our way into anything, um, but that's okay. We don't have to earn our way into anything. You know, we have God, and he has more than enough. He has more than enough rocks to help us win our battles. In fact, he is a bulldozer. He bulldozed over that house. <laughs> he find does. Out. He yeah. does. Um, so, yeah, that's a, it's a great scene. I mean, it is. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of great scenes in this movie, and that's one of those soul-crushing scenes that just mm-hmm. makes you have all the emotions. Yeah. You know, you have all this anger and sadness, but then you also are uplifted because of how, you know, Forrest is just doing his best to care for his, you know, for this person that he loves and doesn't really know, I don't really know what to do in this moment, but I'm going to do my best. And that's important. That's important in all of our um, relationships. You guys got anything else? I think another thing that I thought of was the relationship with Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan, you know, and, and... you know, he, saved, he ends up saving Lieutenant Dan's life. And I remember the scene where they're both in the hospital 
and he grabs Forrest from his bed and drags him to the floor, and he's just like so mad at him. He's like, "You don't, you know, look what you've done to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I should have died on the battlefield. I should have died with honor, and now I don't even have legs. I can't walk." And you see this transformation of, you know, he goes from that to basically like, you know, just like living in a wheelchair and just living a really crappy life. And even in all that, he still has the honor in him. You know, he still has the determination in himself that, you know, when he finds out that Forrest actually does have a, <laughs> a shrimp boat, he's like, I told you, I would, you know, if you did this, I would come and be here. And he does. And, and that whole scene where they're on the, where the, the, the hurricane, storm. the storm happens, and he's up there just like screaming at God. And I feel like sometimes, like, there's so many times in my life where I've wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think there's times where I have. And then, you know, they get through the storm, and they get through all of that, and all of a sudden, it's like, it's like he finds that peace. You know, and, and Force even says, like, you know, at that point, like, Lieutenant Dan found his peace with God. And then you see, you know, several years pass, and they have the wedding. And there's Lieutenant Dan. He's like, you got, you got legs, Lieutenant Dan. You know, and like, it's just, I mean, like, I almost tear up seeing it because mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, or that scene where he says, I never thank you for saving my life. Like, just, like, wow. Yeah. yeah I, my favorite line from the entire movie is between Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump, right kind of at the beginning when they, when they get reunited. Yeah. And... Uh, Lieutenant Dan asks uh, Forrest, have you found Jesus? And <laughs> Forrest says, I didn't know we were supposed to be looking for him. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's hilarious. Yeah. But then you hear Lieutenant Dan just pouring his soul out about how at the VA there's there's this preacher who keeps talking to him, trying to get him to... Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, it's all about Jesus. He He says that one day... I'm going to walk with Jesus. And he's like, that's ridiculous. I lost my legs. How am I supposed to walk with Jesus? Yeah. And I think the imagery at the end of the movie at, at his wedding, when you yeah. see him with legs again, it's he finally like found his way. And he's married. And yeah. Like... I, I, think, I think that's just, that line's hilarious and also just super deep at the same time. And yeah. I, I, I love it. Yeah. I, I honestly... Of all the movies that are out there, this might be one of those movies where there's too many scenes yeah. to yeah. talk about in this kind of thing. We, this, this podcast could most likely be like three or four hours yeah. to talk about everything. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that what I would want to do is talk about some overarching, you know, some, some key ideas that run throughout the whole thing. And the first one that really stood out to me was free will versus predestination. Um, you know, this is found, you know, kind of in this subtle existential core of uh, who Forrest Gump is. You know, you have um, some, you have this person, you know, Lieutenant Dan. You know, he represents, you know, the, the latter. That we all have a destiny. Nothing just happens. It's all part of a plan. Right? That's, that's, the, that's the predestination, you know, side in Forrest's life. And then you have Mama, right? You have Mama who is the free will. Well, I happen to believe that you make your own destiny. And we see this debate kind of happening, you know, in this, this universal struggle. Not only do the answers, do we arrive at these answers and they affect our view, you know, we have, you know, this destiny as part of our own identity. 
you know, is there an, an overarching um, design? Is there an overarching plan that we are just kind of born into? Or are we really masters of our own fates? Or, you know, maybe even the more troubling, you know, question is, you know, are both those views wrong? You know, or even more like, you know, that feather, right? Is that more what life is like? You know, that's what the end of the movie seems to hint at. You know, you see this feather that's just kind of floating through the wind, and it just, um, you know, is that just how life is? That we just kind of float along, going wherever the wind kind of wills us to go? You know, Forrest kind of goes back and forth between these two ideologies, not knowing where to, to really land, you know, and late in the film, you know, he, he has this kind of graveside uh, epiphany, right? Yeah. You know, uh, he says, I believe, you know, there's truth to the conclusions that he draws. He says, maybe both are happening at the same time. And his story, you know, like any life, you know, it has, life has, unsus- you know, unexpected surprises and challenges, um, and it kind of makes a credible case for, you know, maybe it is both. Maybe there is some kind of overarching predestined kind of plan out there, but maybe we do have some control over how that plan plays out. What do you guys think? I think ultimately there's no way of us knowing. No. We're, no, we're humans. Like, <laughs> this is all philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I, the way I look at it is, is God, God knows what we're going to do with our own lives. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have control of our lives. I think, I think he has the knowledge of what we're going to do, but still wants us to make the, the right decisions. Yeah. He, he isn't going to purposefully take away our free will and just make our life a, a predestination. But I think, I think he, he has a plan and he knows what's going to happen. And we, along our lives, get to make our own decisions on if we're going to follow God or if we're yeah. going to take our own path. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, I kind of think of it like those uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books, you know, <laughs> like. The goosebumps. Yeah, it's like, you know, you can go this way, you can go that way, and I think, um, but I think, I mean, it's it's so weird because I do believe that, that God knows what's going to happen, you know, that he, he knows everything, um, but I still think that he allows us opportunities to make choices, mm. you know. Like, like you see with Jenny, you know, she keeps making the wrong choices. <laughs> Terrible choices. <laughs> you know, all the time. And, you know, and then you have someone like Forrest who he's just doing what everyone tells him to. You Which you can't believe that God would ever predestine somebody to live a life like what Jenny yeah. lives. Yeah. You know, suicidal. Yeah. Drug, drug addiction. Addict. You know, possibly some prostitution mixed in there. And there's so many people in this world who, who have that life. And, but I think what, what we see is I think sometimes those, those situations actually help us to grow in our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what happens to, to Jenny in the end is like, she realizes like, man, I've, you know, I've done some really ridiculous things. And yet here you are, you still love me through all of it. And so I'm going to come back and I'm going to, 
be the person that you know I've always wanted to be with you. Another uh, idea that we see kind of going throughout the whole movie is Mama, right? Mama's wisdom. Mama said, right? Mama's got a lot of wisdom. <laughs> Mama's got a lot of wisdom. Mama, uh, you know, Forrest says that Mama always had a way of explaining things so I could understand them. And, you know, there's a lot of reason uh, why this was so appealing in this film. You know, I think one of the keys is, you know, to understand it is how, uh, you know, through Forrest Mama, you know, it kind of nutshelled, you know, some basic but important truths in life. You know, what Mama's wisdom, you know, it resonates with us because it's real. You know, it's very um, real, honest truths. You know, I could do a whole sermon series on, you know, Mama said. Yeah. You know, all those Mama-isms that are in this movie. Um, I think it, it, it does this because too often we come, we become cynical in life, right? You know, we try to overcomplicate things. You know, we look at a situation and instead of keeping it simple, stupid, you know, we make it way more complicated and way more difficult than it really uh, has to be. And the reasons why, you know, things happen the way they do or why people do the things we are, you know, we don't think about the simplest answer to that. We overcomplicate it. You know, sometimes it's, you know, good and necessary to have uh, a mama in our life who, like Forrest had, who can explain things in a way that we can understand them. You know, Forrest Gump, uh, he said, you know, there's one of those, you know, that was probably one of the more popular ones in there. Stupid is as stupid does. Or you have to do the best with what God gave you. Or uh, another one is you've got to put the past behind you before you can move on. And all that is absolutely true. Yeah. You know, there is so much true in it. It's, uh, it's so true and it's totally sincere. Uh, basically, this is what Jesus is doing, you know, for his disciples through parables. Mm-hmm. You know, he is, uh, you know, he's talking about these kingdom matters that are huge concepts, big concepts. And there are concepts that transcend you know, human understanding on so many levels. But in order for people, especially for the disciples to understand, he tells these parables, you know, to try, like the parable of the prodigal son. You know, he tells that parable to help them understand, you know, how important people, all the lost people are to God. But, you know, the disciples, they could understand the story. You know, the the story itself wasn't complicated. But trying to apply that to everyday life was because, you know, they were clouded with, you know, their own human worldview. Well, who do you mean by, you know, who is your neighbor? Yeah. You know, you know that's the, the problem that we have all these, uh, all the time. You know, it's sure it sounds great, Rabbi, but I don't really understand what you're talking about. And, you know, so we see Jesus as that mama figure you know, throughout the New Testament, trying to explain things in what some would say a dumbed-down version, but it's just, you know, trying to simplify things so it's easier to understand. What do you guys think about about that, about having those simplified views of life? Do you think it's dumbing things down, or is it helpful? I think it's genius because... If, if you use overcomplicated themes to try to teach a message, 
it's not going to get through. Like when I think back on school <laughs> and trying to learn, the overcomplicated stuff is really hard to remember. The simplified stuff like using acronyms, I, I learned so many things in school using acronyms <laughs> because it simplifies what you're learning. And I think the same applies to Jesus' ministry. He's trying to make sure that his message is universal, that everyone's understanding it and learns from it. The only flaw, I think, from that is people can try to twist that into whichever direction they want to because of how broad those messages can be. But overall, I think it's genius for making it understandable for everybody. Yeah, life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. I think the one that I that always hits me is if God wanted us all the same, he would have put braces on all our legs. <laughs> like, just that idea of yep. helping him to understand this is not make you, this is not define you. This does not make you any worse or better than anybody else. That, you know, we are all equal. But at the same time, like, <coughs> you know, I think it's also like this idea of okay, I got these braces on my legs, but, you know, if God wanted us all to be the same, we'd all look the same. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there's a, kind of a cool thing about our uniqueness when it comes to that, our idea of, you know, God's given us all different talents and different ways to glorify him. And, you know, mine is music. You know, yours is, you know... Who knows? Yeah, but, you know, yours is... <laughs> you know, but... You know, we all have things that we're, you know, that we use as talents. I mean, mm-hmm. you have, you know, I mean, you play mandolin and, and you know, djembe and, yeah. you know, and you're really good at talking with kids and, you know, and so, like, there's this really cool thought of we're all different, but we're all loved the same. And I think that's just really cool. Yeah. Uh, a third kind of overarching theme that I saw throughout this whole movie was um, that childlike innocence. And I think that's something that's very biblical. You know, in uh, Matthew 18, you know, Jesus says, and he, uh, it says, he called the child to himself and set him before them and said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And when you, you look at somebody like a Forrest Gump character, you know, especially when I watch this movie this time around, you know, this concept really kind of messed with me, you know. Um, it, it's easy to connect and to, to draw and to uh, find all these implications. Uh, but I went, I went beyond, tried to go beyond some cute, sweet, feel-good ideal, you know, where, you know, we have this problem in our society, where knowledge and sophistication are the things that we're all supposed to strive for, right? We're all supposed to, you know, be grown-ups, mm-hmm. and we're all supposed to increase our knowledge, and keep, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being more mature, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, increasing knowledge, as long as it doesn't give us an arrogance or make us complicate things more than they really need. But, you know, we have a tendency... In, the, in trying to gain knowledge and trying to gain sophistication that, you know, we become jaded and we become kind of cynical. They cause us even to uh, lose faith and, you know, that forms our nature into something that's really 
kind of unchristlike. You know, we shouldn't uh, feel sorry. You know, when I uh, watched this movie the first several times, I kind of felt sorry for Forrest for having a below average IQ, you know. But I don't think that's what the, the movie makers are trying to do. They don't want you to feel sorry for his low IQ. We should aspire, uh, be aspiring to the nature in Forrest that it creates. You know, the, he has some obvious traits that we all need to have in our lives. We need to have kindness, which we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a gentleness about him. He was generous with anybody who was in need. But, you know, the attribute that we don't often talk about is innocence. You know, Forrest, uh, you know, he instinctively embodies this kind of moral clarity, right? You know, at a very basic but vital level, you know, Forrest discerns what is right and wrong, and he does it pretty quickly. You know, he knows pretty quickly what is okay and what is not okay. And that motivates him to take the appropriate action. When somebody is being mistreated, even, at, you know, like Jenny, you know, when, they're, when she's being beaten on, you know, he doesn't cower, he doesn't hesitate. He acts, he fights, mm -hmm. he defends, he protects. He has uh, no intellectual cloud. He's not trying to, you know, psychoanalyze a situation. He sees a need and he responds, you know, when, like he did when he was in Vietnam, you know, in that moment, he knew what the right thing was to do. He needed to find Bubba. That was more important than anything else. That was his best good friend, and he had to find Bubba, so he kept going back over and over again until he found his friend. Uh, in that innocence, you know, a lot of people think that innocence is a weakness, but really, you know, for Forrest, that's where we see strength, mm -hmm. you know. But then you have Jenny, who's kind of the other side, right? You know, she's the other side of that. Uh, you know, it's easy for us to sit there and kind of be judgmental as we see her living her life and making uh, a lot of these bad choices, you know, for not being able to, you know, she clearly saw the unconditional love that Forrest was offering. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, she wasn't able to respond in the way that she needed to. But the reality is, we're a lot more like Jenny than we are like Forrest, yeah. you know, if we're really honest with yeah. ourselves. You know, uh, we desire not only to live out our dreams, right? You know, we all had, you know, we see this early in the movie that, you know, Jenny has this dream to be a, a musician. That's what she wants to do. But, you know, and there's nothing wrong with searching after your dreams, but, you know, being a musician became kind of an idol, you know, to her. Mm -hmm. And that became the sole focus of her entire life. And, and those passions caused, you know, her and us to run from things that, you know, uh, actually are good for us. You know, you know, Forrest always brought her peace in her life. And, you know, even young, when they were young kids, you know, when the thunder was real loud, you know, who did she go to? She goes to Forrest because that's a place of safety. Yeah. But she spent her whole adult life running away from that peace and safety because she was chasing after this worldly idea of success. You know, and then you have, you know, the same thing like between us and, and Dan. You know, he, um, 
wrestles, wrestles with this unfulfilled destiny, right, of what he thinks that he has earned, what he's promised. And he becomes angry with God because he's not able to fulfill what he thought he was supposed to do. And, you know, we look at somebody like Lieutenant Dan and how he's acting when um, all this is going on, but we're an awful lot like him too. You know, we throw our little temper tantrums when we don't get our way, and we have a, uh, this desire that we want to control every situation. But that's not who we're supposed to be. You know, um, we have to, to find a way to be more like Forrest. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what the, the filmmakers want. They want you to want to be more like Forrest, but he's so opposite of what our society says we should be. It's mm-hmm. hard for us to really want to do that. Yeah. I think, I think the looking at it from the filmmaker's perspective, I think making Forrest a mentally challenged individual who isn't the smartest person is incredibly smart because it really, it's, cra- it, it's crazy how it makes you think against what the world wants you to think where intelligence yeah. is everything, yeah. knowledge is power, and instead it's, they're trying to give you the message of living a simple life with simple values and of like innocence as you were yeah. saying and I, I think it's really cool how they how they use a character like Forrest to do that which normally the hero of a movie um, is muscular and <laughs> smart and handsome and Forrest is just is, he, yeah <laughs> it's not it's not him he's yeah. just Forrest and I, I, I love it I, I think I think it makes the message just that much more powerful that it's, it's that kind of guy that we want to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his simplicity just always, to me, it's just so, so neat to see. Like, you know, he excels in the military because, you know, he's like, what are you here to do? Whatever you tell me to, drill sergeant. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, he's, you know, if you tell me to run, I'm going to run. If you tell me to you know, put this weapon together, I'm going to put this weapon together. And I think you see his, just the simplicity in, like, how he, how he thinks about things. Like, you know, his generosity. You know, Lieutenant Dan's like, you're crazy to give Bubba's family all this money. And he's like, okay, well, I think I should. And so he gives her all this money, you know, changes her life forever. This is really, really makes me, uh, I wish I was more like Forrest in a lot of my life. <laughs> I think it's hard to, to kind of get in the mindset of Forrest when, when we want to be. Like, I would love to just, like, have that, really embrace that childlike mind a lot more. Yeah. And to just enjoy the little things. But it's hard sometimes. You get caught up in the world. Yeah. And it, you forget about those simple things that, that kids love. Well, even like, even like, you know, the idea of when, you know, when Lieutenant Dan sells, you know, gets, you know, the Apple computer stock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, and he's joking with that guy. He's like, yeah, we have more money than Davy Crockett. And it's, but like, it doesn't change him. It doesn't like, you know, he's still Forrest. 
you know, he doesn't like, I know if I had that kind of money, I'd be out buying like sports cars and <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff. But like, he still lives in the same house and, you know, he, he, he mows the, the football field for, you know, for his city and now he does it for free because he doesn't need the money. I mean, like just all these things that in our lives would like change us. He has a, such a simpler view that it helps him to, you know, he, he doesn't store up those things like we would. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he, it's like his, he understands that there's something greater. This movie has so many incredible moments, and we don't want to keep running on, but, you know, it has so many <laughs> incredible moments. You know, if you haven't seen Forrest Gump, what are you thinking? Yeah, please watch uh, it. Go watch Forrest Gump today. Um, you know, there's so many incredible moments. You know, there's the moments like when, you know, uh, young Forrest, you know, he's, you know, he still has the, the shackles on his legs, but he's trying to run away from the bullies, and then he starts moving, and all of a sudden they break free, you know, and he starts running, you know, that is a sermon right there. Yeah. You know, you could preach an entire sermon just on that one scene or when, yeah. you know, Forrest and Jenny find each other in that reflecting pool at National Mall and, you know, all the, the stuff that has happened in their lives that's driven them apart in that moment, they're brought back together and they still, you know, in spite of all the differences, you know, here she is, this hippie chick who's gone to Washington D to protest and he's there to, you know, receive the Medal of Honor, you know, mm-hmm. for his times, you know, fighting in Vietnam. But none of that matters. You know, they still ultimately are these childhood friends that love each other. So even their their worldly differences mean nothing in regards to the love they have. You know, and that's yeah. another thing that'll preach. Or when, like you said, when Lieutenant Dan, you know, he had that scene where he's, you know, has this He's going to have it out with God, you know, in the middle of that hurricane. He's out there, you know, shaking his fist at God, and he's yelling and screaming. And then the storm's over, and he's in the water. You know, this guy with no legs, you know, is out, you know, swimming in the water, you know, and he's finally has found peace. Once again, another scene that would preach an entire sermon, you know. And these kind of scenes pop up through the whole thing, or later when... um, you know, when Forrest finds out that uh, he has a son, you know, that he's a father, you know, and he's just kind of awestruck, you know, he's kind of, he's just dumbfounded, he doesn't know yeah. what to say, and the only thing he can think to say, you know, it's because of all the pain that he has felt, and, you know, you see him as this happy kind of uh, go-lucky guy, but the first thing he asks Jenny you know, is he stupid like me? Is he dumb like me? Or is he smart? I can't remember the exact is he words. Like, he says, uh, is he like is he me? Like, me? Yeah. like, but just re- yeah. Yeah, referencing that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know, he's worried that his kid that he doesn't even know is going to have to deal with the same struggles that he went through for his whole life. And then seeing Forrest get to be a good dad. You know, it's just, yeah. there's all these awesome moments throughout this whole movie and once again please see this movie even if you have seen it watch it again it is a great great movie but you know there's in the midst of all these moments I think it would be 
not, I think we need to find a way to challenge ourselves. You know, um, you know, we can talk all day about this movie, um, but I think to kind of put it simply, you know, there's three pretty huge characters in this movie. There's Jenny, there's Lieutenant Dan, and there's Forrest Gump. If you're living a life like Jenny, stop it. You know, um, stop running away from that love. If you're like Lieutenant Dan and you find yourself in a constant fight with God, that's okay. It's okay to have um, disagreements or frustrations uh, with God, but don't let those disagreements and those frustrations separate you from God. Always find a way to, to make peace with what's going on. But ultimately, we have this character of Forrest that I think we all need to strive to be more like. You know, that we need to strive for that childlike innocence. We need to strive to be kind and gentle and generous. You know, we have um, a huge opportunity in this life to impact people. And uh, Forrest gives us some pretty awesome practical examples on how to do that. Yeah, you're probably not going to get to meet the president twice. Three times. Uh, three times. Yes. You're probably, <laughs> see, I haven't, I lost all that. I would have known that before. Uh, you're not going to be a, a champion ping pong player and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. But we all have an opportunity to love the people who are in our lives and do everything we can to show them that love uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, I'm glad that you can join us next time. I won't do so much talking, or maybe I will. I don't know. Uh, the next movie we're going to be talking about is Goonies, so I might be doing just as much talking. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's been good to talk about Forrest Gump. It was great to watch it again. It's been yeah. uh, several years since I watched it, um, but it is a phenomenal movie with a lot of timeless Biblical truths, even though they're not presented necessarily in a biblical way, uh, that can help us to grow and become the people God needs us to be. I think this movie had the most parables of any of the other ones we've done so far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. More, there was more than we could possibly I, talk I th- about in one Yeah, setting. I think it'll be hard to find another movie as dense as this one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, just we'll just do all the Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. Goodbye.